0: Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you Lord for giving us life and we thank you for all the good things you do for us and the temporal blessings we receive and also the spiritual blessings. Dear Father, we know that your kingdom will be established on this earth and we want to be instruments by which your will will be done and your kingdom will also be established we pray. Please grant us the grace and power. Help us, Lord, and give us the grace that our love for you may increase better than what it is now. Consecrate us, Lord, and as we fellowship with you, please speak to us words that will help us to be edified. Grant me, Lord, of your spirit and put your words in my mouth. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, November 29 Saul to Paul And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Acts 9, verse 6 In the wonderful conversion of Paul, we see the miraculous power of God. Jesus, whose name of all others he most hated and despised, revealed himself to Paul for the purpose of arresting his mad yet honest career, that he might make this most unpromising instrument a chosen vessel to bear the gospel to the Gentiles. The light of heavenly illumination had taken away Paul's eyesight, but Jesus, the great healer of the blind, does not restore it. He answers the question of Paul in these words, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Jesus could not only have healed Paul of his blindness, but he could have forgiven his sins and told him his duty by marking out his future course. From Christ, all power and mercies were to flow. But he did not give Paul an experience in his conversion to truth independent of his church recently organized upon the earth. The marvelous light-giving Paul upon that occasion astonished and confounded him He was wholly subdued. This part of the work man could not do for Paul, but there was a work still to be accomplished which the servants of Christ could do. Jesus directs him to his agents in the church for a further knowledge of duty. Thus, he gives authority and sanction to his organized church. Christ had done the work of revelation and conviction, And now, Paul was in a condition to learn of those whom God had ordained to teach the truth. Christ directs Paul to his chosen servants, thus placing him in connection with his church. The very men whom Paul was proposing to destroy were to be his instructors in the very religion that he had despised and persecuted. An angel is sent to Ananias directing him to go to a certain house where Saul is, praying to be instructed in what he is to do next. In Christ's stead, Ananias touches his eyes, that they may receive sight. In Christ's stead, he lays his hands upon him, prays in Christ's name, and Saul receives the Holy Ghost. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is "Saul to Paul." We left off looking at how the light appeared to Paul and the Lord spoke to him, and for three days he was blind. It in that in the, in those three days he ate nothing, contemplating what he is to do next and having a change of life. Paul had what we call a conversion, and. We are all encouraged that we can have such an experience. We don't need to go literally to Damascus Gate and a light shine in our eyes and we then fall on the floor and we go blind. No, we don't need that. But we have the light shining from the Word of God and that is enough to help us to change from being one who was a murderer, a deep sinner, to one who is an evangelist. Now, after Paul waited three days, the Lord had another thing to teach him. Reading from Acts chapter 9, verse 10, it says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Street, and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed, and had seen in the vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, "Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem, and here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name." For the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way, and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, had sent me. That thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. Amen. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus, and straightway he preached christ in the synagogues that he is the son of god but all that heard him were amazed and said is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests amen this is how paul began his ministry but the lesson for us to learn here is how the lord even though he could speak to Paul, even though he could heal Paul, even though he could teach Paul, did not do that. He did something that was very, very significant. As we read in Conflict and Courage, page 339, paragraph 3, it says, The marvelous light given Paul upon that occasion astonished and confounded him. He was wholly subdued. This part of the work man could not do for Paul. But there was a work still to be accomplished which the servants of Christ could do. Jesus directs him to his agents in the church for a further knowledge of duty. Thus, he gives authority and sanction to his organized church. Christ had done the work of revelation and conviction, and now Paul was in a condition to learn of those whom he had ordained to teach the truth. End of quote. Let us try to understand this. Till this day, God will continue to recognize his organized church, as he did in the past. But let this not be a reason for anyone to rise up in pride saying, we are God's church and therefore it refers to us. God recognizes us, so everybody recognizes us. The Lord knows them that are his. Whoever he places his flock under are those whom he trusts. Now try to understand the scenario here. What is called organized church here was to the eyes of those who is called organized church which refers to the apostles and even Ananias they didn't see themselves as separate from the Jews themselves they saw themselves as still part of the Jews but they just believed that we have a different belief from our brothers and we're trying to make them see what we are seeing the church at that time was organized and what church am I referring to? I'm referring to Caiaphas, Annas and the high priest and the rest of the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees And the disciples did not see themselves as another church. They saw themselves as the same people, except that it's just that we believe something that these people don't believe. And we're trying to make them see it. But they are trying to kill us for believing in Jesus. But out of these two factions, who does Jesus choose? He does not send Saul to Caiaphas. When Jesus was born, there was an organized church. And God did commit the Messiah into their hands, but the leaders among them were not to receive this honor. When we read what happened concerning the birth of Jesus, you see, angels, they do not appear before Caiaphas and Annas, but they appeared before shepherds that were discussing about the Messiah. They appeared before shepherds that, turn, that were looking forward to the coming of that Messiah. Reading from Desire of Ages, page 44, paragraph 1, we are told, with amazement, The heavenly messengers beheld the indifference of that people whom God had called to communicate to the world the light of sacred truth. The Jewish nation had been preserved as a witness that Christ was to be born of the seed of Abraham and of David's line. Yet they knew not that his coming was now at hand. In the temple, the morning and evening sacrifice daily pointed to the Lamb of God, yet even here was no preparation to receive him. The priests and teachers of the nation knew not that the greatest event of the ages was about to take place. They rehearsed their meaningless prayers and performed the rites of worship to be seen by men. But in their strife for riches and worldly honor, they were not prepared for the revelation of the Messiah. The same indifference pervaded the land of Israel. Hearts, selfish and world engrossed, were untouched by the joy that thrilled all heaven. Only a few were longing to behold the unseen. To these, to these, heaven's embassy was sent. Page forty-seven, paragraph three. Now says, in the fields where the boy David had led his flock, shepherds were still keeping watch by night. Through the silent hours, they talked together of the promised Saviour and prayed for the coming of the King to David's throne. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be all to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. End of quote. What is my point here? Though God had His church at that time, He does not appear to the leaders, not because He hates leaders, but because they were just traditional people who did not necessarily look forward to the coming of the Messiah. The angels were sent to these shepherds, and what we read says that they talked of the promised Savior and prayed for the coming of the King, and it is because of that that the angels appeared to them. Secondly, after the birth of Jesus, some years later, some wise men came inquiring, we have seen his star, where is the Messiah? They went to meet the priests and elders of the land. Reading from Isaiah page 62, paragraph 3, says, The priests and elders of Jerusalem were not as ignorant concerning the birth of Christ as they pretended. The report of the angels' visit to the shepherds had been brought to Jerusalem, but the rabbis had treated it as unworthy of their notice. They themselves might have found Jesus, and might have been ready to lead the magi to his birthplace. But instead of this, the wise men came to call their attention to the birth of the Messiah. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? They said, for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, pride and envy closed the door against the light. If the reports brought by the shepherds and the wise men were credited, they would place the priests and rabbis in a most unenviable position, disproving their claim to be the exponents of the truth of God. These learned teachers would not stoop to be instructed by those whom they termed heathen. If it could not be, they said, that God had passed them by to communicate with ignorant shepherds of un- or uncircumcised gentiles, they determined to show their contempt for the reports that were exciting. King, Herod, and all Jerusalem. They would not even go to Bethlehem to see whether these things were so. And they led the people to regard the interest in Jesus as a fanatical excitement. Here began the rejection of Christ by the priests and rabbis. From this point, their pride and stubbornness grew into a settled hatred of the Savior. While God was opening the door to the Gentiles, the Jewish leaders were closing the door to themselves. End of quote. You see these men these jewish leaders they were still around in the days of jesus and god did not send saul to them because they could not give the right mold to saul by their hatred for the truth they had put themselves in a position where jesus could not trust them with the keeping of his flock he entrusted saul into the hands of people who can give him the right mold now from here God calling Ananias shows that because Ananias associated himself with the truth, God committed Saul to him. In sending Ananias to Saul and Saul to Ananias, we learn the lesson that unless we make ourselves trustworthy, God cannot entrust the sheep to us. The Jews still considered themselves to be God's church, but they had rejected the truth and Jesus left them alone. He bypassed them. It is not for us to keep saying, oh, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are we. These people thought they were God's church, but God showed them that they are not his church. How? By committing his children, not to them, but to the apostles and his own disciples. So it is not for us to say, oh, we are God's church when we are not in harmony with the truth. God does not bring to us people whom he would because we, like the leaders, sometimes we, we find ourselves opposed to the truth. God will never have committed Saul. It's not just because God um, Ananias said, I am God's church. Then God now sent him to Saul. No. But because Ananias was living in harmony with the truth and was preaching the truth, that is why God could approach him and tell him, go and meet Saul. And also, I have told Saul about you, that you are coming. He has seen you in a vision. And in doing this, he was teaching Saul a lesson that you are part of these people. He did not teach Saul independently but associated him and connected him with those whom he trusted so that Saul could have faith in them, so that Saul could have trust in those people he was persecuting, so that Saul will realize that look, these people are no fanatics like you think. They are my people. Yes, I have appeared to you and you have believed in me. Saul had called Jesus Lord, and he had believed in Jesus, but Jesus didn't heal him. Jesus didn't teach him. He committed him into the hands of his church. And what is his church here? It is not Caiaphas. It is not Anna's people who had turned away from Jesus and turned away from the truth. His church is not defined necessarily by a name. It is defined by those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Like I said, these things are still happening today. God still sends his church to people and people to his church. But he wouldn't do that to people whom he knows would not give the right mold to his children. Reading from Councils on Diet and Food, page 455, paragraph 2, hear these words carefully. It says, The Lord does not now work to bring many souls into the truth, because of the church members who have never been converted and those who were once converted but who have backslidden. What influence would these unconsecrated members have on new converts? Would they not make of no effect the God-given message which his people are to bear? End of quote. If Saul was sent to a false brethren, maybe if there was somebody like Ananias and Sapphira, not this Ananias who was a disciple now, false brethren do you think the Lord would have committed Saul to them no because he knows that they will have a bad influence on Saul the Lord will not commit his sheep to those whom he knows will have a bad influence on them and if we want to be messengers of the Lord and want to be his church we need to get our act right so that we can be worthy to receive the sheep and the flock and the flock of the Lord, we need to be converted so that Jesus can lead us to his flock, and lead his flock to us. Cornelius was not told to go and meet Caiphas and vice versa, because he was not converted. That's Caiaphas was not converted no matter how high the claim that we may have and how high the office and position we may hold if we are unconverted and unconsecrated we do not hold the truth in righteousness the Lord will certainly be shooting himself in the foot if he commits his flock to us knowing very well that we are Judas but if we will align ourselves aright the Lord will commit himself to people like us but doesn't mean that um People will not do evangelism. People do evangelism everywhere. Even the Pharisees used to do it, and that was why Jesus told them in Matthew 23, verse 15 Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, that's one convert. And when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Now, do you see why Jesus will not commit Saul to these people? And do you see why Jesus will not commit his children to some of us who call ourselves the church of God? Because we make people twofold more the child of hell than ourselves by teaching them wrong things, influencing them with the things of the world. If the world is influencing the church, then what will the church influence its members with? It will influence the members as the leaders of the church now will influence its members with the same worldliness. Reading again, the from Manuscript Releases, Volume 12, page 332, paragraph 3 and Page f- 333, paragraph 1 we are told, Now, we see the need of workers in the opening fields before us. But where are the men that can be trusted? Just like Ananias. Where are the men who year by year have been growing into a better knowledge of God and His ways and the movements of His providence? I want to sound in the ears of these sleepy Half paralyzed souls, the words spoken to Nicodemus. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John three verse five. There is need to seek God with all the heart, elevate the standard, the commonness, the cheapness of conversation, reveal the measure of the spirituality of the members of the church. Now, those who have had years in this same experience, that's in this commonness, this cheapness of conversation. Those who have had years in this same experience know not God nor Jesus Christ whom he has sent and should such go forth as representatives of Jesus Christ. These men will never give the right modes to other minds. They have not grown up to the full stature of men and women in Christ. They simply have the name Christians but are not fitted for the work of God and never will be until they are born again and learn the ABC in true religion of Jesus Christ. But there is little hope in one direction, take the young men and women and place them where they will come as little in contact with our churches as possible that the low grade of piety which is current in this day shall not live in their ideas of what it means to be a christian amen end of quote and ananias must have been a man who knew his abc he was not someone who was influenced by many years of the commonness and the cheapness of conversation and worldliness He is one who had the true religion. And this is why God sent him to Saul. We must keep studying to make ourselves qualified to be people whom God can use. If we are not qualifying ourselves, God will hide his children, his flock from our eyes. And we will be deprived of the honor of being the servants the Lord will use to raise the next Paul. Let us not flatter ourselves saying, since we are God's church, God will have respect to us and we are the ones who are his agents on the earth like he bypassed the organized church of the jews he will also bypass us unless we show evidences that he can trust his flock in our hands he will bypass the leaders like he baptized caiphas and lead them to a mere disciple like ananias who represents his true church and those are the people that god will commit his flock to and that is how he committed saul to ananias and to his true church let us qualify ourselves to be truly the children of God that we may have the privilege Ananias has the privilege of saying it was through him that this mighty evangelist came so also we may have the privilege of being the ones through whom hairs of salvation shall be made into the kingdom of God and greater evangelists shall be brought into the work of the Lord and so you can be sure that Ananias will not lose his reward for being one who the Lord used to minister to Saul and bring him into the truth. We are only God's church, only as we hold on to the truth. Let us not be like the Pharisees who go around doing evangelisms, but our evangelism is to make people to be twofold the children of hell more than ourselves. Because the Pharisees were still doing evangelisms, and they even made Saul what he was. They were the ones who evangelized him and made him what he was. They made him twofold the a child of hell than themselves. But the Lord in his mercy ministered to Saul with the right people, his true church. Because as far as Saul was concerned, those Pharisees represented God's church. And they would call themselves, we are God's church, we are God's church, but God knows those that are his. And he made Saul to come in contact with his true church, who is known not just by his name, but by their character those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus and through them Saul was accepted into the beloved and got to know the truth and became an evangelist may the Lord give us the grace to put these things in practice let us pray dear Lord in heaven please make us instruments by which your will will be done on this earth help us Lord to be indeed your church not just by mere names but by our character Help us, Lord, not to be like the Pharisees, teaching error and making people twofold the child of hell than ourselves. But help us, Lord, to lead people to Christ, to be born again, to be converted, and give the right mold to those around us. Help us, Lord, to take away ourselves from places where the wrong mold is being given. People who do not know their ABCs, people who have the commonness, and cheapness of conversation that are influencing negatively those who are supposed to be your children. I pray, Father, that we shall have a platform where your children shall be blessed with the truth. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and answering. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary You came, to you came to save the heart and soul of every man. Every man. It is you, Lord, who knows my weakness, you know my weakness. yet gives